0: cadets and captains to M Class email welcome 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 we've been recording for like four hours now i'm tired (laughs) and i'm josh (laughs) uh i guess i'm jeff too i'm tired but i'm also jeff yeah we need coffee and we don't have any no 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 no. uh so we're gonna read your emails and probably be weird about it because we neither of us slept very much or very well no one sleeps anymore (laughs) Uh, ever. No. Never. It'll never happen. Uh. <laughs> Jesus. Apologize to the customers. <laughs> Sorry, but also not really. <laughs> Looks uh sleep is the cousin of death. So we Who said that? That's Nas. Nas, yeah. Nas Maybe the best rapper who ever lived? It's it's debatable, but I mean I'm not gonna deny uh, it. I would say either him or like Rakim from Eric B and Rakim. Yeah, I I mean, some people might say ODB. ODB ODB was extremely entertaining, but I don't know if I would call him a specifically amazing rapper. He is like the ultimate warrior of rapping. It's like true. He was just. He embodied the spirit, amped. the like was, punk rock spirit yeah, of rap. Yeah, he was amped, man. I do love ODB. His name is literally Old Dirty Bastard. Yeah, that's I a great. Like that, the name itself Fuckin is Dirk great. McGurk. Dirk. Uh, I love that everybody in Wu Tang has 80 names. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's the best part about. Of rap in general is just it's just do whatever you want, right? I love it. You it's, know, it's, you know, it's me, it. your boy Jeff Pennington, aka Yoldy Prince of Bel Air, <laughs> aka Jerk Madirk. Jerk Madirk. <laughs> Our first email is from Jared <laughs> McLean, and it is isn't titled "Props," more like "Plops." Damn, son, got him. It's, it begins, Trek voice. Hello. First time, dong time. <laughs> Shit, man. A couple episodes back, you boys talked a bit about the ridiculous, unergonomic hand phasers throughout the franchise, but I just wanted to bring attention to the most idiotically designed prop that they continued to use up into Voyager. Those okay. fucking flashlights. They're just a big cube that glows from one side that you have to hold yourself up next to your shoulder. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when I see those things, I get full-on Hulkamania angry. <laughs> wow. So can, he's fucking gonna run wild on this prop. Brother. This is the 24th goddamn century we're talking about here. Get your shit together, props department. Who in the crew saw <laughs> Flashlight in the script said, Now I gots to reinvent that wheel. <laughs> If there's any one thing I will give to Voyager, it's that their props department apparently noticed this crime against futurism and changed them to cool wrist-mounted things. Yeah. In the game, you get, like, a hover one. It, like, hovers. Yeah, that's much more futuristic. I think in Star Wars, The Old Republic, you get that, too. And you can hit F, and it turns on. Here's the thing. F for flashlight. If you're in a dark area... And you need a flashlight, but you need the use of both your hands. These uh, great scientists of the of the far flung future called yeah. fucking miners figured that out already. <laughs> put it on your head. You put yeah, the put... lamp on your goddamn head. <laughs> they start. I think in in first contact they put them on the on the phaser rifle, right? It so that makes sense but like cuz you got a like rifle. a clip like an ear clip thing that has the flashlight on it and then wherever you're looking the light is pointed. Yeah, make it like um I why don't they I don't know, like they could have made it goggles, right? Like yeah. like a night vision goggles or something just go, cool. Just go full donkey kong country and have a parrot carry your flashlight around. <laughs> Ah, oh, who's this new character? I call him Iago. His name's Squawks. Oh, and the uh, and donkey. He, and he looks at the camera and he says, "Eh, it's a living." No, he doesn't. <laughs> he no, should. he doesn't. He in, should. In Star Trek. That's what he should do. Oh, in Star. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you guys <laughs> consider the most ridiculous Star Trek props? Honorable mentions oh, go man. to the glove-beak-mace thing from Code of Racism. Yeah, that one's pretty dumb. And self-sealing stem bolts. Should have never seen them. Would have made the whole joke a lot funnier. I don't think we ever do. I don't remember seeing them. I don't think you see them. There's a box of them, but you don't see what they look like, I don't think. I think we talked about the the like phase rifle from TOS and how stupid yeah, it is. Yeah, the righty. vacuum cleaner. Um, the the dog the Sharpe that has like yep. antenna and a horn glued to it is yeah, pretty fucking the, egregious whatever that thing is yeah, um it's like a space alien monster he's a dog uh <laughs> yeah I, there's i mean there's a lot of like i don't know most of it's good though so it's hard to pick like i don't know a bad prop the, the prop that makes me laugh the most is like in the, epi- the episode where uh, they're trying to save the planet and they have those little robots that like float, or they like fly around and they're supposed to be like saving the day, but they become oh, sentient. The, what are they fucking called? The fucking exocomps. Exocomps. Yeah, they're, they're like mecha Kirby's. They have like yeah. Kirby's body and feet, but they're robots. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, love man. them so much. I'm looking at uh, pictures of props here. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of dumb props in TOS, but, you know, they worked with what they had. Like, what are you going to do? It's tough to, like, shit on them, right? Because who knows? It's hard to make stuff. I've been making props tough. Yeah, Josh is a prop maker now. He's fucking making some dope shit on his Instagram. You should check it out. I'm making a a double chambered crystal chamber. Oh, shit. But I ran into a snafu. <laughs> uh, snafu. One of the hard drives, uh-oh. I can't get. Uh, I can't get the screw out. It's stripped, so I gotta get like a stripped screw thingy or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Well, I guess you could use a, You can use a rubber band on like a regular screwdriver, and it kind of grips it. But it, on the, it's a precision screw. It's a hex screw, oh, you know. Jesus, yeah. So like, you can't do that. It's too small. I'm, I'm impressed like I, I always thought before you started doing this like Josh has this like intense well of creativity that yeah. he, would, he would do great with an art form so I'm excited that you're like prop making yeah it's cause I take antidepressants now so you feel, I'm not... you feel the creativity instead of the depression yeah I don't feel the overwhelming sadness as much so, cause my brain chemistry is different now it's pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty good. I it's a lot of fun. I, I I don't know. Like I I it's been a long time since I've done anything like this, so I'm kind of remembering, like re-remembering like um the process of like like sometimes like things just are like obstacles in your way, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't get like mad about it cuz like that's like part of the process is to figure out the solution and there's no wrong there's no right answer right that's like a lesson that people like take a long time to learn like i feel like i i'm just starting to grasp that with art where like i'll run into a problem and i won't get super frustrated immediately yeah I'll be like how can i fix this so like i was i had an idea for this thing i was making not to get into too much detail but like because of the problem i had i i f- I thought of a different way to do it, and I think it's a better way to do it. So uh, I was like, okay, cool. But like, I need to get this screw out of this thing to do it. So that's my hurdle, and I don't know how to, to get the screw out. <laughs> like, I don't really—I really, literally don't know how to get this thing every out of there. By the time you listen to this, Josh will have the screw out. Everybody. So don't, I was just going to ask my—I was going to ask my uncle, who's much stronger than me, to get it out. Just rip it out with your bare hands, Unc. I knew they. I know they make like little like. Uh, strip screw bits that you can use, but yeah, I, I don't I, know where to get them. I think I remember there being like a trick or something that involves gum even. Like- yeah, anything that makes it sticky, because it's, it's gotta be, like, you gotta get a like a grip on it, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he'll figure it out, folks. He's got it. I got it. Don't worry. Uh, Hopefully that answers your question. He uh, finished out by saying, Snuggles, Jared McLean, Chief Booty Booty Security, Deep Space Nine. Wow. What does that mean? And in parentheses it said, They didn't show me. What? Chief of Booty (laughs) Security, Deep Space Nine, They didn't show me. I oh, like on the show. They didn't show they him didn't on the show. Show him on the show. Okay. That's what we, he means. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, We're th- a little slow today. I'm so sorry, everyone. Jesus. No, it's okay. I'm genuinely sorry. He also uh, wasn't on the show, or maybe he was. Maybe he was. Our next email is from Benjamin, and it is entitled Sisko? Ale- Benjamin Cisco is written in, and it is entitled "Alexander Siddig." Yes. Hello again, trick boys. Trick boys. It's Benjamin here. In the most recent email episode, episode 67, which we're on 71 now, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys mentioned Alexander Siddig popping up in random places, and I just wanted to suggest you watch a movie called Doomsday if you haven't seen it. He's okay. in it, and it's honestly one of my favorite movies. He's not one of the primary characters, but he's in it for a couple of key scenes. Keep up the good work, Benjamin. This looks crazy. Uh, I've... I've never heard of this, uh so everybody check it out. Alexander. It's like Mad Six Max. Looks Wednesday. like looks like Mad Max. He's in uh Game of Thrones. Yeah. Siddig yes. El Fadil. He's in a bunch of stuff. He pops up and you're like, why aren't you just like in stuff? Uh as as he's more colloquially known, we all know we call him this every day. His name is Sidig El Tahir El Fadil El sidig abdurrahman Mohammed mm-hmm. Ahmed Abdel Karim El Mahdi. Yep, <laughs> I feel there's like a part of me. He goes by Alexander Siddig, but I don't like that he has to go by Alexander Siddig. No, th- yeah, I know why. Cause like, I feel that like way he too. Ha- because, he definitely yeah. changed his name so he would get more acting roles. Yes, because sh- like for sure. people are much more uh, apt to hire Alexander Siddig than they are Siddig Alfadil. Yeah, or he'll get typecast or some shit, right? Yeah. As some kind of terrorist or some racist shit, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I, so I, I tend to call him Siddig Elfadil, and uh, I just wanted to explain why I do that all the time. I'm not correcting anybody. I'm not being yeah, like no, a dickhead yeah. about it. Uh, I also think Siddig Elfadil is a way fucking cooler name. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, He's a great actor. He's great. He is. Like... Uh, like, I talk about this all the time. There's, like, a very specific, like, like bo- like bone, thing to every doctor in Star Trek where they don't take shit. None of the doctors in Star Trek take shit. They yeah. uh, take charge. They refuse. All of them refuse to break their moral code in any way. Yes. And they are the moral heart of any scene they're in. And I feel like... Uh, other characters have other things about them that like they typify a little bit more. Like Crusher is very like empathetic all the time as a character, and mm-hmm. Bones is very curmudgeonly, and the Doctor is a genuine asshole. <laughs> but uh, I feel like Bashir is one hundred percent that like more. The moral code is more important than results type character like he exemplifies that in his scenes and I really love that well they play with it later and they do a good job I think of kind of turning it on its head when he starts to hang out with the the uh, augmented people yeah and then they kind of come to the conclusion that like they have to surrender and like it's it's kind of like a like a he went too far with that his code you know cuz yeah. he's like i need to save as much lives as possible and if we surrender we'll do that and Cisco's like you're out of your fucking mind right he's yeah, like, he, like you're out of your mind every character in deep space nine gets proven wrong multiple times yeah. like yeah. they grow and learn from their experiences which is very satisfying as a viewer yeah. But I, I do love that about Bashir. He's also got like a very like playful sort of like jovial side to him that I like a lot. Yeah. And uh, he's like he likes to have fun. He's, he plays extremely well off of other actors as well. Yeah. Like when the whole reason that Bashir and O'Brien are best friends is just because they have such great chemistry yeah as actors. I don't think uh, I love. It seems like they didn't like plan that, and they just kind of liked each yeah, other a lot. It, yeah, it wasn't a plan actually. The whole idea is what it started with, where O'Brien hated Bashir hated him. Yeah, and then the, at the end, they're basically like, "I would leave my wife." Yeah, for you. exactly. <laughs> the deepest, best friends, yeah, maybe yeah. lovers. Yeah, know. like it's dude, it's crazy. But, like, there's not a whole lot of sh- like there is shipping between O'Brien and Bashir, but it's mostly Bashir and Garrett. Cause Garrick trying to yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, the actor, the actor who plays Garrick, they were like, "Did you ever see any like homoerotic subtext between Garrick and Bashir?" And he was like, well, "I was playing Garrick like 100% gay. Like he wanted to fuck Bashir." So yeah. That's so great. I love it, dude. I love it. I love Garrick. Oh Garrick my God. is great. I love Garrick. Uh. One of the best characters on Deep Space Nine, which is saying something, because yeah. they're all yeah. so fucking great. Yeah. Our next email... Thanks for that email, Benjamin.
1: Thanks, uh, we'll check Benjamin
0: Sisko! Our next email is from Sam Lindstrom, great artist Sam Lindstrom. Ooh, yeah. And uh, it is entitled Conundrums Part 2. Okay. Because he wrote in an email last time that had uh, a bit of a pitcher ditch in it. Okay. Um... Trek boys! Trek boys! It seems my last conundrum read as too obvious and one-sided. Face an unknowable hellscape or retreat into luxury and excess. Hmm, not much of a contest. Fair enough. It was like whether you live inside the VR or not. That was oh, the yeah, thing yeah. Before. Hell yeah. Double so, yes. So you wake up in a room with three babies and a quadriplegic crocodile. <laughs> uh... I had to, like, pause and reread that to myself. A voice comes over the intercom saying, these babies were plucked from time. Okay. One is Adolf Hitler. One, yeah, the one with the mustache. One yeah, that is one. Donald Trump. Yeah, the one with the ha- stupid hair. And the third is one of your dearest friends. Uh, Trick question. I don't have any. <laughs> Oh Josh. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> These time babies can only be killed by crocodile. Why is it quadriplegic? You look over th- so it doesn't just walk over and bite the babies, I guess. Well, couldn't you just you know they make cages, right? You you look over <laughs> at the crocodile, it winks and shrugs where its shoulders would be. <laughs> Project Religion can't do anything. If you kill them, their legacy and the horrors they wrought will have never happened. You'll be doing the world a huge solid, right? But also, if you kill your friend, they'll be lost forever, leaving only an incomprehensible hole of despair in your heart. Plus, every memory you have of them will be replaced by one of you being attacked by a crocodile. Wait, what? The the crocodile does a little snicker like Muttley. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I love this crocodile, but also, again, it wouldn't be able to even breathe on its own if it was quadruple Uh I think it just means that it doesn't have any arms or legs. Oh, uh, so he's a quadruple amputee. Yes. That's what you meant. All three babies look equally sinister and incompetent, so there's no way to tell which is which. Okay. So how many babies would you risk feeding to the crocodile? Also, if you say none, the voice comes back and says... Don't you back out now on me, you wiener. If you choose to not feed babies to a crocodile today, then you get sent here as a baby next week. It's like one of those chain letters, but for real. Yeah, you go none. If you look down real quick, you can see the crocodile is the one mumbling into a microphone it has tucked away behind him. It's been the one talking this whole time. This analogy is so crazy. I'm so tired. This is crazy talk. That's conundrums for you. All right, conundru- okay. Chief, All right. Conundrum. Sam Lindstrom. That one was good. Chief of thinking and seeing on the USS Putty Tat. Yeah, you go none. Oh, because- I thought I saw a Putty Tat. I get it. <laughs> Chief of thinking and seeing on the USS Putty Tat. Oh, my God. That's fucking oh hilarious, Oh, my Sam. God. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, wh- which baby do you fucking murder, you murder baby? You don't do any of them. Yeah, killing Be- a baby is pretty bad. Yeah, killing a baby is bad. Also, you already know that history is playing out the way it is. So, what's the worst that could happen is you kill your friend. So, that's a, there's no gain for you. It's no. just purely selfish. Well, if There's no game Hitler, for you. Kill Hitler, you've changed the entire timeline. Like it, yeah. You had it. Fucking, you might be wiped from existence. Right. Here's, a, yeah. That's another thing. Like, okay, so you kill Hitler and you save your friend, or whatever. um... But your friend might die because Hitler butterfly effect, right? Yeah. Like your friend might die, it never existed anyway. Maybe his, his grandfather doesn't go to war, or meet his the, grandmother, or so you know, the who knows, thing right? Happens. The thing that happens if you is if you don't kill a baby, you get sent to this crocodile room a week later as when you were a baby for somebody else to have to choose from. Yeah, but then whatever. Like, a week later doesn't matter because I already did it. I am sacrificing baby Jeff to (laughs) save baby Josh in this scenario. (laughs) If I got sent into the room to choose, then that means my baby survived being sent. Or does it? It depends on the theory, which theory of time travel you ascribe to. I'm doing the regular time travel. No alternate bullshit. 'Cause that's well, bullshit. The thing is, it could be like the time travel in the Deep Space Nine episode, The Children of Time, where like yeah. you, you might you just get wiped from existence. Maybe. And you're aware of it happening up until it happens. And well, it you then, just never existed. Then I guess I'll never know. Uh yeah, you just cease existing one day, you will know. It's probably a better way to go than right. I already Nine. did that once. I already didn't exist once, and I don't remember it. So Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I guess uh, I don't want to kill babies enough for your mystery box game, Sam. I don't want to watch a crocodile eat a baby. That's fucked up. No. Well, Sam, fucked up, dude. What's wrong with you? You know they like shake those. They like roll around and rip it (laughs) apart and stuff. Jesus Christ. That's how they eat. I think he was thinking of it like a cartoon where you just toss the baby in its mouth and it goes gloop. But you could have made it like a, like a incinerator or something less horrible. <laughs> I think the crocodile just really wants to eat a baby. Like, it's just a whole scenario do? where it gets to eat a baby. They do want to eat babies. They, they try it. They try to do it. Who gave this crocodile omnipotence is my question. That it how could just drag to, people into this scenario. How do you learn how to talk? I don't know. Um, I bet Hitler taught him. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sam. I don't love killing babies as much as you. I'll try to... It's I'll like that scene in day. that scene in Looper when he kills the kid, and it's, like, horrible. It's, like, really fucked up. Jesus you don't see Christ. him do it, but, like, he's, like, fucked up from it. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. It's so. a good movie. It's a time travel movie. Yeah, it's got uh, Bruce Willis and Robin in it. Yep, yeah, Bruce Willis and Robin. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the kid from Third Rock from the Sun, so I was even going further fucking back. You could have said the kid from Ten Things I Hate About You. Huh? Could have, um, but I did not. The kid from that bike movie where it's like what's it called cool rush or something like that I think the most popular thing he's ever been in is Batman <laughs> he was gonna be a star Lord oh yeah that would have been that strange yeah. I think he would have been good he would have been fine he runs an organization that does profit entirely off of tricking idiots into giving them free content to sell though huh that seems so, less than fun <laughs> I don't know. Like he, Is he one of the babies? I'd throw him in for the baby. <laughs> he runs, like, Record Now or something, where they run yeah. all these contests for, like, billionaire companies for free yeah. content. Yeah, I did know that. And it's like, you don't win anything except having your content on their service. You don't get That's any stupid. money or anything. Um, anyway. Uh, sorry, uh, M-Class Podcast does not love killing babies as much as you, Sam Landstrom. <laughs> Uh, You can follow Sam Lindstrom on Twitter at Sam Lindstrom. (laughs) If you two love babies, please follow Sam Lindstrom on Twitter. He's going to change it to like crocodile crocodile monster or something. He's going to get another one after this. Our next email is from Chase, and it is entitled, Shoes for Horses, but like Nikes, not metal. What the fuck? Uh, good morning, Jeff and Josh. Like the movie, you know? You will if Jeff did it right. I'm guessing it's supposed <laughs> to be Good morning, Jeff and Josh! Oh, nice. like good morning, Vietnam. Uh, yeah. wow, man. This is... so. This, d- our emails are on another level today, man. With absolutely no hints... Or context, I you did got do it right, Chase. You got it. <laughs> Which is unless I didn't, and you meant something else. That's frankly incredible that you even came close to anything with with the amount of context clues that we had. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, recently while tallying me banana, I discovered that I've been pledging to the M- uh, that I've been pledging to the M Class Patreon, Patreon.com slash M Class Podcast for as little as one dollar on and off since 2018 and have yet to send in a single email you fool well thank you so much for your pledge and uh, thank you for this email yes I was so pleased with the content I was getting for as little as $1 from my fantastic subscription to patreon.com slash podcast. wow I forgot about the added value I wasn't accessing and had to say hi hello 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 i was gonna ask if anyone else thought of john delancey whenever they hear about q battling the deep state but i didn't want to bring down the mood so i came up with a question adjacent to a different conspiracy theory <laughs> i do always think about the q continuum whenever someone starts talking about q and q unfortunately i don't i only hear the stupid like if someone just is say- says q and they don't say q anon I'm like, John Delancey? What's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> he fucking What's hates he Hillary Clinton still? Oh, no. No, he doesn't. He's super liberal. Okay. Um, <laughs> the one I'm thinking of alleges we may have met aliens already, and sci fi has been conditioning us because that shit would have yeah, blown our That's suburban funny. 60s minds. What I'm wondering is if aliens came to save us from climate change, would you leave with them? Or would you go down on this big blue beautiful ship you were born on? I'm leaning towards the latter, like drunk old Bobby Picardo. No <laughs> synthahall for me, Chase. Um. Yeah, you're assuming like that the Earth is fucked, right? Yes. Like you can't fix it. I don't. I I would imagine we could probably still live here and it's still livable. It's gonna be I mad would... Max as fuck. Yeah. We could we can live here. <laughs> yeah, they got alien technology though. Like, why wouldn't they just give us like shit to fix this they shit? They like, they could probably do. It. They don't want to, no. so we just have to go with them. Yeah, the This sounds really a little Twilight Zone. Come back to our cool planet where we'll definitely yeah. not eat you. We'll not eat you exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would probably just be like, Yo, give us like some fucking fusion generators or something, so we don't <laughs> have to use anything i tell you what i'll take the fifth ship with you guys after i read some emails from people <laughs> from the first ship to see if they're doing okay dear human friend jeff this is your human friend josh i have not been eaten it is great on this planet there are sex flowers oh fuck i gotta go i gotta go i gotta book now stick your one human penis in the flower and it'll suck your dick off sounds like a pretty good planet i going to lie <laughs> better go uh, apparently he sent uh, Chase sent another email. I don't I'm not shouldn't say he. I should say they. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Chase sent another email. Sorry, I listened to episode seventy and got worried about the length, so I cut a bunch of stuff. If this doesn't make sense, just skip it. I'll come up with something else. I do think horse Nikes are a great idea, though. Uh, apparently, what was cut out was the horse Nikes part. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember. Um. So, so Josh is going to stay on Earth. Yeah, I'm not getting eaten. I'm going to go get eaten by aliens, I think. Because I be get like, to go to space. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, look, just come back and help us. Like, you won't have to go with you. Just, we'll fucking, we'll, we'll do it together, guys, what, what right? What if they're like, no, I don't want to. Then i would be like, what kind of dumbass aliens are you? And you're Why'd like, you even come over here? You're like, aliens, please help. And they're like, we are helping. We want you to come back to our cool house, hang out and be my uh, friend. Yeah, it sounds like a candy van situation, man. I'm not doing that. Maybe the alien is just a giant fucking loser, right? And no one likes the alien on its home planet. Well, they are if they don't help us clean up our shithole after they said they would help us. So They didn't say they fucking help us. They said they'd come with them. <laughs> So the alien sucks. Everyone hates him, right? I hate this dork. So he comes to Earth to try and trick us into thinking he's cool. Like he transfers to a new school and he's trying to make us think he's cool. Uh, Oh, he's he's reinventing himself. Yeah, he's like, come to my house. My mom makes great toaster strudels. Yeah, and you're like, toaster strudel. What are you, rich? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm rich. Come hang out in my pool. Like, he just really wants friends so bad. That's why yeah, he's, he's doing like, this. get ice out of my refrigerator ice dispenser. And you're uh, like, damn, uh, dude, you're showing the fuck off right now. Our uh, landlady came by to, like, do, like, a walkthrough of the place and, like, check off anything that's damaged. And yeah. uh, we were like, so where did this refrigerator with, like, the ice thing in it come from? Because we have one. And it's not, it's way too classy for the rest of the house. Bougie. Too bougie. And she was like, oh, uh, like a a, a house burned down and they refurbished that and sold it for like unbelievably cheap, like way cheaper than a regular refrigerator. You got a fire refrigerator. And I was like, fuck yeah, that explains everything. Fuck yeah, more houses burned down. I got fucking ice maker in my shit, baby. (laughs) Damn, I'll never own one. Unless you do the Patreon, I guess. Yeah, if you guys join the Patreon, Josh can get a refrigerator that gives him ice. No lie, though, I wouldn't get a new refrigerator first. I'd get a Green Ranger helmet. Yeah, w- he would waste it, is what he's saying. That's my goal. Make enough on the Patreon to frivolously buy a Green Ranger helmet, because I have a perfect spot for it. If we made enough on the Patreon to buy helmets, that'd be dope. Really would sweet. Uh, your Patreon money is going towards my uh, rent and nothing else at this point. I'm not making Yay. enough money otherwise. <laughs> uh, our next email. <laughs> I eat trash. That's fine. <laughs> uh, our next email is. Uh, oh boy. Y'all. Oh, we had a baby. Eats a boy. <laughs> boy. I remember that one. Remember Don't that I skip reference. The end of this. But our next email is from. Uh, Kr- crazy horse. It's from, <laughs> Pri- it's from Christopher. Like uh, the email is made in such a way that Christopher did not get to sign his name, and I was trying to figure out whether I should say it or not. Oh, 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 oh! It's entitled "Making Sense of Timeless Paradoxes." We just did that. Hey, Trek boys. Hello. Since our last correspondence, I've become no less thirsty for M-Class shirts and no less weighed down with Latinum, but I did do as you guys recommended and joined the ranks of your Patreon supporters. Woo! Crewmons. Crewmons. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Uh, We are um, in the process of shirt making, so. Yes, yes, Uh, yes. I have a hard time accepting any of the new Trek that's come out as being Prime Universe. Yeah, Kelvin is separate but although much of Discovery's aesthetic and tone could solidly place it in the Kelvin timeline, and its whole premise is a dimension-hopping spore drive that would let them place it in any of the multiple dimensions and universes, the -hmm. showrunners insist on it being the main universe. I get what they were going for in terms of updating Trek so it could still be science fiction for the modern man, but this decision locks them into the constraints and inconsistencies that come with adhering to established canon. It would make so much more sense to have it in a parallel universe so they can do whatever they want. Then they could still spore-drive into the classic timelines we love. Yeah, I don't know. I think they should just make a good show. Yeah, it'd be good. I mean, I don't, Discovery I, like, could have been set at the end of the timeline and all the technology and shit would have made sense. Yeah, just put it ahead of... Why does it have to be a prequel? Yeah. That's, the, that's the main problem. The main problem isn't that... It's in the timeline. I guess that's like a symptom of the problem, but like, yeah, just it, it, don't make it a prequel. Make it something else. Inhales. Sighs. Well, I think I can fix it. At least in my own hand canon, to be both. Mm-hmm. Bear with what? me on this. Holy shit. Dark tone. Dark bridge lights. Klingon troubles. Discovery is in the Yesterday's Enterprise timeline. What? If only it could be in a well-written universe, but maybe season three will be everything Jeff and I hope it will be. Like like he said, it does take each Trek series a few seasons to really get in their stride. Man, hearing it spelled out like that just makes my hopes dip right into the fucking <laughs> core of the earth. Yeah. I say that shit, but I don't listen to it when it comes out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah my my girlfriend was like hey this is great i've been watching enterprise i've been watching a uh, discovery it's great and i was like yeah cool oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no i i she's way more forgiving about yeah. shit than i am so it's it's cool is, well, but josh is available now if anybody was <laughs> <laughs> it's cool man like it's everybody whatever. has different opinions it's fine I think I, this, was, I don't have to watch it, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's one thing I try to stress about this show is like this is just our opinion. Look, yeah. Yeah. We don't begrudge anybody else their opinions. Yeah. Um, Unless you're wrong, <laughs> it's true. Okay, my not-so-quick aside over, I was, pro- I was pleasantly surprised when I recommended in my last email that you guys cover the Voyager episode, Timeless, only to discover it in Rich Master's latest collection. Great episode, guys. That was the last one we did. It was good. Uh, don't ask me how, but I found a transcript of an alternate ending to your episode based on the ending of Timeless. I have included it in the post of the script of this email. Maybe you guys could play it out for the listeners. Ferengi fashionisto signing off from the Ferengi merchant ship. Acquisition is futile. Damn. Uh, should I save this to the end of the episode? We could, like, tweet it or something. Uh, I mean, after riches, I might not want to come back to an email, so I am just gonna read it. now. Okay. It's the transcript of the Lost M-Class Voyager episode, Shirtless. <laughs> And now, bang, 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 and now, boom, 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 back to the show. <laughs> hey, that's what we do. Night, Jeff is working at a clunky 90s laptop computer when Josh enters. Josh, relax. Am I interrupting you looking up Klingon dicks again? Yeah. No, I just came here to try and figure things out. Merch okay. corrections? <laughs> The merch corrections I sent you were wrong. If you had used them, M-Class would have been financially damaged, maybe even destroyed. (laughs) What I can't figure out is who sent the other merch corrections to M-Class email. Damn. Uh, Josh, looks like we got a Guardian (laughs) Nagelum. Jeff, oh, I wish I could believe that. Believe it. (laughs) His name is Jeff Pennington. (laughs) Jeff, looking at the fourth wall. Uh Uh-oh. Josh, Kevin of Cole found an M-Class security code embedded in the email. It was Um, yours. I'm picturing Kevin wearing the outfit. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'm into it. Jeff, I'm telling you, god damn it, I didn't send it. (laughs) Josh, not yet. The transmission had a, then said mockingly exasperated, like Josh tends to read techno jargon, temporal displacement. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that sounds like me. We believe it originated from the future, 10, 20 years from now. We can't be sure. Jeff, wait a damn second. <laughs> if I sent a message from the future that changed the past, then the future would no longer exist, right? So how could I have this message sent to me in the first place? Am I making any sense? Nope. <laughs> Josh, my advice in making sense of temporal paradoxes is as simple. Did George Kirk die? <laughs> to me, all that matters is that somewhere... Somehow, sometime, you come through for us. And if you won't take it from me, take it from you. Kevin found a log entry encoded in the telemetry titled Shirt It from Jeff Pennington to Jeff. Damn. Josh leaves to sounds of his cat doing something in another room. Jeff opens the video on his computer. Future Jeff on monitor with a terrible mullet. Hello, Jeff. (laughs) I don't have much time, so listen to me. I love this. Fifteen years ago, I made a mistake, and 150 people didn't get shirts that they 100% (laughs) would have bought. I've spent every day since then regretting that mistake. But if you're watching this right now, that means that all that has changed. You owe me one. Fuck. Holographic Hadley Moriarty, off camera. Mr. Pennington, your assistance, please. Oh, shit! Future Jeff on monitor. Gotta go. See ya, Trek boy. I love you, Future Jeff. Your mullet is dope. We cut back to modern day Jeff, staring blankly at the screen. He then closes the tab, revealing his computer search results for giant green space vaginas. (laughs) Credits roll, (laughs) written by Brandon Braga. (laughs) That was incredible. Oh, shit. Thank you so much for that email, Chris. That was radical. Fucking great. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, shit. Let me let me find a short one real quick. Um, okay. Our next email is from David S. Yeah. And it is entitled, Vacation I'll Ever Wanted. That's why you were singing it. And it says, Howdy from paradise, Trek boys. Oh, my God. I figured that the best way to get me and the missus back in sync was to head down to Active Cerebral Imaging Domain, a.k.a. ACID, Planet (laughs) and empty her head of one lethal wang in exchange for another (laughs) The folks there thought that was a less intimidating name for the forced unveiling of closeted known and esoteric desires planet aka (laughs) the fucked planet (laughs) Anyhow this place is great unless you think about tigers or samurai If you ever make it here, be sure to stop by Sulu and Kirk's gun show shooting range and fight bar. Free gun rental with every knockout and a free shot for every bullseye. Oh, like a shot. I get it. So if y'all made it to Acid Planet, how many revolvers would y'all make appear? Or what (laughs) other obviously worse and more boring fantasy would you manifest? I guess it's basically a holodeck planet, huh? Guess that would have been easier than coming out all this way. Yeah. Signed, would David S. Definitely not thinking about Stiltskin. Oh shit! Do not think about <laughs> Rumple. Rumpelstil- he's fucking back, dude. He's getting rumpled. Fuck. Getting oh rumpled. my god. Oh my god. Stiltskin's back. So, what would you on the Acid Planet? What would you? What would it'd you be, manifest? It'd be pretty impossible for me not to be manifesting big butts. True. Just it's giant. Like, just giant disembodied asses. I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, for sure, Rumpelstiltskin now. There's yeah, no now. Way around it. Yeah, now that's all I can think would about. would just be full of Rumpelstiltskin with giant asses. Rumpelstiltskin with like Cardi B's ass. Yeah. With the that's tattoo and everything. Would. Yeah. Would uh, t- <laughs> uh, I don't know, swords <laughs> would probably appear. Swords. Yeah. like a real lightsaber would be cool a lot of cool fantasy like armors and outfits would just be a green ranger helmet (laughs) for sure green ranger helmet (laughs) Uh, a hammock a hammock a good hammock. hammock yeah not a shitty like an actual good hammock Yeah, like my friends have a hammock on their front porch and it's like a dream to lay in it's so fucking cool oh shit I want a hammock uh, I can't do that because global pandemic, which I guess would appear on the acid planet now that I have why thought did, about it. Why wasn't a global hamdemic happening where everyone gets a hammock? Fuck. I I, I just pictured hams raining from the sky. Like, That's, full hams. I'm fine with that, too, global although there would ham-demic. be lots of damage. You just catch them. Boop. <laughs> People would be dead. They're just getting rocked in the head with hams. They they're like light until you touch them. So they, oh. they hit you and they're like boop and fall off. Alright, then yes, definitely. Uh Helium Hams is what I was thinking of. Oh shit. It would definitely be swords, though. They were just it would look like the fucking battleground at the end of Bleach or like fucking oh, the shit. area you fight the Great Wolf Sif and Dark Souls, just swords in the ground everywhere. It'd be Bellatrix Lestrange's vault in Harry Potter, but whenever you touch something, it's just more swords come out. Swords, swords, swords. Swords, swords, swords. And I would be, uh, Josh and I would be sword fighting. We would do, like, two clangs with a sword and then throw it down and grab a different sword. (laughs) Yeah, dude, yes. (laughs) That'd be so fucking cool. Fucking, oh, man. I saw this great uh, Adventure Time like fan art or whatever and it was just uh finn looking up at like a cave wall and it had like tons of swords on it and like they had like lion o's sword and the buster sword Oh, that's dope it was cool i think this i've was seen cool. that too probably uh, it's probably some corporation made it and they're trying to pretend it's a real person made it no 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 sure some person made it and then the corporation and then ripped it. it off. for they stole it and sold yeah it. yeah um Lion, the Sword of Omens is actually like double, u- like triple useful, right? You it's can, a dagger and a sword. Like, it's a dagger, it's quadruple useful. It's a dagger, yeah. and it's super easy to carry because it's so small. Yeah. And then you can make it into a full size sword and use a sword, and it can show you the truth and into the past and future. Yeah, some of those are really, really good. <laughs> That's a real good fucking sword, dog. Like, the dagger and the sword are, are dope. Yeah. But to be able to see the future? Yeah, and also, like, if you're, like, give me sight, beyond on sight, show me what the fuck ever, it, like, gives you a spy cam into whatever the fuck you want. Chitara. <laughs> Just fucking straight creeping. Chitara naked, although she already is, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, they're naked in the first episode. They don't put clothes on until they crash land on the planet. And they're like, I yeah. guess we have to hide our shame. <laughs> I guess we're sentient now. <laughs> the weird thing I always forget about Thundercats is that Lion-O was the same age as the two kids, and he he got, like, artificially aged Yeah, an adult. He gets aged up, that's right. Yeah, isn't that weird? Those toys were the shit. Dude, I fucking love Thundercats. You can get a Thundercats... Uh, sword from the Saber Forge, I think. Oh, it's so fucking dope. I don't want to do like ads for them or whatever, Saber but Saberforge.com. If you want to give, give me a free money. lightsaber, I'll do um, it. Thundercats, I loved Thundercats. And it's like got all this weird lore to it that yeah, like, it, you never even yeah. pay attention to as a kid. It's like He Man. It was like really in depth, but like yeah. nobody ever knew, right? And I always loved Jaga. Who like Lionel's mentor who was just a fucking ghost. He just he just like showed up as a ghost and he was like, Lionel Dude do fucking show... better. You suck. That show was on after school and I would always fall asleep to it. Man, I watched the shit out of it. Yeah. I never fell asleep because I'm a badass and I <laughs> never sleep. <laughs> sleep is the cousin of death. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I made that up. <laughs> yeah, you said that. I think you're the first one. Thanks for that email, David S. Hopefully you can <laughs> deal with that Stiltskin. Yeah, that's going to suck. Our next email is from Fedco, who sent an email in previously saying that they got a job. Fedco got a Woo! cool job where they're working at an understaffed uh, like grocery store. at. Uh, I think it was a grocery store. It may have been like a thing. It ac- the email, honestly, accidentally got deleted when I was trying to delete other shit. So... I'm Way glad you sent to another go. one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, congratulations on your new job, FedCo. And, yeah, great uh, job. And thank you for enjoying the podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the email is entitled, Buy the shirt. Oh, shit. And it begins, Dear pesky Trek boys, We're watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show on the M-Class Discord. Come watch. We're hooked nice. on the brothers. Signed, FedCo. You're hooked on the brothers. Uh, P.S. I am no longer ironically watching this show. It is genuinely great. Uh, When does that happen? Because I've watched it a million times, and it's not great, but I still love it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And by by buy the shirt, he means that I'm selling in my shirt store, uh, which I believe is just... uh, Actually, I should look this up if I'm going to shill on this podcast. Shill, 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 shill. Uh, It's teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff shirts. There you go. And uh, I'm selling a t-shirt that has uh, Captain Lou Albano on it selling pizza. Super show pizza. Uh-oh. oh -oh. (laughs) Damn, I love it. So, uh, it's a great shirt. Thanks. So pick that up. I, uh, I'm selling like a ton of other shirts too. So check that shirt store out. And uh, M-Class Podcast is going to be selling shirts. I don't know. I figure before this podcast goes up, there should be a shirt store. You can check on Twitter at M-Class Podcast. It'll be on there somewhere. Holy shit. That's so soon. Uh, it may be by the, uh, Like M-Class email comes up two weeks from now. So I should be all right. Uh, if you're getting this on the Patreon, don't fucking expect it from me. <laughs> don't at me. Don't at me, dog. <laughs> uh, I'll go back to this one. Why not? Our uh, our next email is from Jeff with a G. Oh, this guy. And it's entitled, Future Clothes and Surviving Heatwaves. Oh, oh, shit. No clothes. Dicks out. Balls out. Tits out butts out spray spray your butthole spray your butthole i can't even fucking talk (laughs) hi jeff and josh hi oh is he spelled with a G? he spelled it g-e-o-s-h damn just a regular old email this week no questions about king dongs this time (laughs) damn you may have noticed it's been dang hot almost everywhere I want yeah. future clothes to adopt more function in addition to form. As I understand it, Starfleet uniforms have climate-controlled contor- fabrics in TOS. They mentioned that in Deep Space Nine as well. Yeah. But I want to know how comfy my future dungarees and band shirts of Credence Water Revival will be. Oh my god. As our planet becomes burning hot and uninhabitable. <laughs> well, in the Trek future, it'll be climate- controlled our planet will be back to normal and everything will be great yeah everything's good again as you've probably talked about uniforms a lot i was thinking about civilian clothes specifically i look at the clothing and fashion and trek and think hey that's dang comfy looking i think the ryza episodes have been a good example of this picard has his sexy bedwear and even jake has some hella comfy looking fits so how <laughs> will new clothing adopt more functionality and comfort in addition to form and style also, are clothes made in Star Trek or are they replicated? Do you need to see a tailor every time you need to get some space pants? I know Quark visits Garrick at least four times a week to get that space capitalism chic just right. <laughs> he needs more gold shit on his gold shit. Um, the future clothes in Star Trek, like the standard like civilian clothes, all look god-awful. Yeah, they're a product of the time that they were made in, right? Yes. Like, some of them are okay, but, like, they're all Earth tones and stuff. Like, I don't know if F people would do that. I mean, I guess that that's always going to be a thing because we're from Earth. But, like, True. I I really just want the Daniels outfit. I want that shit. That looks so comfortable. and like, not I a just civilian want it. outfit, is it? No, but I want it. It's like... <laughs> Jake Cisco wears jumpsuits and nothing yes. else. He just yeah. wears jumpsuits all the fucking time. And then when like Cisco, the Ciscos go to a planet, they wear like a brown vest and like a gray long sleeve shirt. Yeah, and brown pants. It's always brown or dark green it, or something. All of the Maquis look like peasants. They're all dressed yeah. like fucking early nineteenth century peasants. Yeah. That's every- so you know that they're peasants. Yeah, everyone from Earth is wearing jumpsuits that show off all dick, all dick and balls. Oh, it's just straight it. up dick silhouette, yeah. Um, That's what got me into my my career. <laughs> you're like, what's that? I gotta learn. Yeah. I started drawing them in the park like uh, Da Vinci. <laughs> the, uh... Dick Vinci. There's definitely, like, an Afrofuturism kind of, like... Yeah, uh, like style to like what the Cisco's wear when they yeah not yeah like wearing there's that p- pattern and stuff there's, there's very, like a purple patterns and stuff yeah that there's are, ton of like all, bright yeah. colored patterns it's very yeah. afrofuturist yeah and I think that's cool I've, I'm sure like uh James Avery wait no Avery, Brooks. Avery James Avery's the guy who played Uncle Phil I remember there it is there it is we got it in a whole show different it's a different yes. show yes. <laughs> Uh, Avery Brooks is for sure the one who brought that forth because he's, yeah. he's like, huge into Afrofuturism. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, um... But, like, everybody else is wearing beige. Looks like shit. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not great. It's either you're wearing some sort of, like, farmer beige outfit, or you're, like, wearing, like, a fucking robe, like the Pope or something. Like oh, yeah. the guy in Star Trek Four like what's like, whatever that guy is, the president or whatever he is. Oh, yeah. Red Foreman? not Red oh um, Red's in 6 isn't he yeah the the guy who's just chilling out in Starfleet uh command and he's wearing oh, like yeah, that white yeah, ass robe I guess he's uh, I don't know what he is some kind of minister he's or the president. space pope oh, space he's a space pope <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah a lot of robes in the future which is super comfy a lot yeah. of like scientists wear ju- like white jumpsuits in the future which might be comfy I don't know maybe jumpsuits are super comfy they probably are. They're probably fitted. Like, even if it's replicated or tailored, like, I guess you would only go to a tailor if you wanted to go to a tailor, right? Like Yeah, like, replicators are probably not extremely precise. Yeah. Like, with style. Like, they can give yeah. you the exact measurements and fit and everything, but they have to have a pre-programmed clothing in them. If you want something original and new, different, you would go to a tailor. I bet you there are, like, tailors that are, like like uh, replicator programmers like oh, kind of yeah, like 3D sure. printers right like there's 3D printer guys who like sell their 3D printer like uh, I know the, um my cousin does one where it's a Patreon and he subscribes to it and each month the guy like lets you download his designs for like little mini figures that you oh, can paint dope. And so it's just like download however many you want and print them yourself, right? You know. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There are tailors who do programming into replicators. It's, I imagine replicators have a pretty wide variety of clothing that you can get replicated. Yeah, it would be like, I, I, I want to say like an industry, but it would be like every industry would oh, use yeah. it. Well, it's like. Quark goes to Garrick because he has Ferengi clothing. Like, it has to be right. extremely ostentatious right. and specific. Right. You're not gonna get that from like a Federation replicator. Yeah, you'd have to do it yourself, and not everyone has time, or can, or whatever, right? Yeah. Like So you go to Garrick, and he takes care yeah. of it for you. Yeah. I'm sure there's tailors on Earth, though, that are like, I like to just sew, and yeah. if you wanna come in and fucking do shit, come in and I'll sew your shit, right? Like, for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, If we lived in a post-scarcity society, I would still make art for people. I just wouldn't charge them money. Yeah. Because it's like a skill that I have that some people might not, that they'd want to see their imagination brought to life. That's like a big part of why I do it. Like It's nice to pay my bills, but there's something incredibly satisfying in helping someone bring their imagination to life. Yeah, realizing like some making something is like all we ever do anyway, right? Yeah. Like, so if you weren't starving or had to worry about food or place to live or anything, like, why wouldn't you just do that stuff? Maybe you wouldn't do it every day, but like, no, yeah, sure, I would why do it or less for sure. But yeah, I would be making my own comics for more. But that's what you would be, that's what you would do, right? Like, yeah, you would just absolutely. be an artist. Which I would just you are. be an artist and have yeah. no financial trouble because right. of it instead right. of all the financial troubles yes. that I have now. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, I think that answers your question. Sure. Well, actually, no. He was talking about functionality in clothing. I feel like the thing in Back to the Future where you press a button and the clothes fit to you automatically yeah. would definitely be like a future thing as well. Clothes like you, drying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, there wouldn't be... You wouldn't... If you messed up a piece of clothing, you wouldn't... Like, if you spilled something on it... It uh, wouldn't stain, probably. It wouldn't stain. I mean, we have that now. Yeah. There's stuff that does that now. But, like, if you grew out of your clothing, it would, like, Grow maybe auto-change to fit you. Yeah. It'd have to be some kind of, like, nanotechnology or something that, yeah. like... Like, there would be, like, a limit to it. Like, even if it was just, like, the fabric that they make is, like, tightly Stretchier, woven. Stretchier, yeah. It's, like, extremely tightly woven. And as, like, if you gain weight or get taller or something, it, like, sp- the weave fans out to a maximum. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, it, it's not tight. It, like, it adapts to... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, sure. Some kind of, like, carbon fiber or something that, like, relaxes itself over if a certain amount of pressure is put on it i don't know i think you just invented some shit yeah people get on that get on that shit for me uh he finishes out the email by saying happy to hit he- <coughs> <Thoughts coughs> something wrong oh, with the boy. Ch- uh oh <laughs> Oh, indeed. You are now speaking with Advert. I've been commissioned by the FCA to share information about a certain Patreon. For Shit. Satellite M at patreon.com slash Podcast. Oh, I honestly yeah. don't see the profit in supporting your favorite creators, but let's read on. For just $1, you get access to the mclass Discord. Folks, there are super friendly, funny, and... They all have totally real giant wieners? (laughs) Wait, these Trek boys game together and play Xbox? They even watch dope wrestling shows and watch old TV shows together? Oh wait, it says they even started a book club. (sighs) What? (laughs) They're super supportive and look out for each other. Uh, For one (laughs) dollar, that's a a lot of value. Uh, Maybe there is more to life than Latinum? No way! Uh, but wait, there's more. You can even get high-quality wallpapers of the episode art. And at higher tiers, you get even more podcasts, like Jeff and Josh shoot the shit and talk over movies. Yes. Some of this is almost is also unlocked over time for every tier. Value on value. Damn, this is like a Ferengi nightmare. How valuable to this is. Come M class. M class is fun. Come right now. Don't walk. Run. Come right now. <laughs> uh, well, as I was saying, there appears to be several incentives to chip into this Patreon and support our... Uh, what the Grand Negus is a Trek, boy? Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's <laughs> patreon.com slash Podcast. Now I'll turn the mic over back to the young lieutenant. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, uh, Ferengi. I hate those guys. Whoa. S- signed, Jeff chief pontoon boat operator aboard the USS. Vacation all I ever <laughs> wanted. D. D. And it has big, like, music marks on either side. <laughs> oh, man. You're always interrupting transmissions. I know, huh? man. I don't know what to do about that. His name is Advert. Advert is good. <laughs> I love Advert. Thank you, uh, both to Jeff and to Advert. Thanks, Advert and Jeff. I can't believe he did a commercial for free. That That's was great. Sense. That was great. Uh, our uh, Let's take a look at how much time we got. Oh, fuck. Our last email of the evening <laughs> is from Ridge Masters. Oh, my God. And it is entitled, Totally Real Giant Email. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> true. true. Cheerio, Trek Boys. Oh, my God. It's me, Rich. You know, the one with the stories? Mm Mm-hmm. You remember when these used to be like a paragraph long? No, Mm -hmm. me neither. (laughs) Another Deep Space Nine episode this week. Am I insane? How long can this last before I end up tempting myself into a season eight or something equally as stupid? Find out soon when I inevitably do that and end up waiting myself? I think you meant hating myself. Hating Oh boy, we we got fucking typos right in the beginning, Rich. Oh, I'm saying uh Oh, we're not off to a good start. I'm kidding. Hold on to your self your self stealing stem bolts, boys. I hear the story bell ringing. Shit. Quark is telling Morn a lewd joke, and the two pack led and an Orion about two pack led and an Orion with a hyperspanner. When Rom interrupts over with an urgent message. pac Those are those dummies. Uh, he's been... Ca- we should have made ourselves pac know what I'm thinking of. We should have. Uh, he's been cataloging the contents of a container Quark has recently acquired and has found a number of weird items that Rom can't identify. Gala, Quark mutters as he storms out of the bar and onto the promenade, leaving a disappointed-looking Morn without a punchline. <laughs> As Quark passes the jumgistic the kiosk, yeah. a Sulaban runs past, knocking Quark on his backside and heading for the civilian transport that just docked. He's being chased by a security team who don't seem to be having much luck chasing the lithe criminal. Just as a Sulaban goes to open the airlock cover, Odo, who's been hiding as the airlock cover, Oh, he's not a bag? He's just, he's, he's upgraded. He's airlock covering now. He can, make, he can be an airlock cover, but he can't be a human face? Get yeah. out of here. Get fucking... <laughs> I was believing Deep Space Nine up until that. Up no, until it's... that game-breaking sh- fucking uh, misstep. So my suspension of belief is ruined. It's ruined. The Suliban says from within Odo ugh, that Odo won't find anything on him, that this is all just a big misunderstanding. If if it were a misunderstanding, why run? asks Odo. The Sullivan stops writhing around and is taken into custody. That's some fucking cop logic, Odo. Yeah, that's bullshit, cop shit. Odo notices Quark picking himself up and heading away and narrows his eyes at him. <laughs> like like Fry. <laughs> yeah, Fry's the only one who ever narrowed his eyes. Mm. Um <laughs> Now I'm narrowing my eyes at you, you Jeff. You mm. I'm, I'm real punchy today. I don't know why. That's all right. Arriving in <laughs> Cargo Bay 4, Quark is annoyed at being forced to leave the bar. Rom says the container's filled with junk and asks why Quark accepted Gala's payment in stock. But Quark says he didn't expect Gala to send such useless trash. Presenting Quark with a crystalline-looking machine, Rom says that maybe this would make up for it. Quark has never seen anything like it, and he says that Gala must not have known what it was either. Maybe it's a valuable, pilfered art. Maybe it's a weapon. Maybe it's a precious stolen artifact. Oh, shit, he's getting horny for profit. Maybe it's ten years in a prison for handling stolen goods, says Odo no, as he steps out no. from behind a crate. More like, oh, no. That's right. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, Fuck, we are shirt. just turning into a morning radio show. <laughs> uh, Rom drops the machine at as Odo's voice, and as it hits the ground, they're all hit by a flash of light. The machine is quickly cons- confiscated by Odo, who sends Rom and Quark out of the now Did off-limits it f- cargo bay. Did it fucking parent trap them? Did they get Freaky Friday'd? I hope so. Shit. Later that night, Quark is, woke, is awoken by alarms instructing all hands to evacuate the station. Quark packs whatever valuables he can and rushes to the upper promenade, where Odo is hurrying people to escape pods as the lights flicker on and off. Suddenly, a bomb is detonated somewhere on the station, setting off a chain reaction that engulfs the promenade in flame. Shit. Quark is pushed over the railings by an impatient Nausicaan. His neck breaking on the floor as he lands? Yeah, this is going to be one of those time stops. Then they go back and do it again. It's like deja vu. As he slips away, the last thing he sees is Odo consumed by flames. That's radical, though. And then, Rom, Quark, and Odo are back in the cargo bay, the broken machine at Rom's feet. They stare at each other, dumbfounded. What have you done, Quark? Odo asks suspiciously. Saved our lives. Title, The More Things Changeling, The More They Stay the Same. A plus. That's a great title. In Ops, O'Brien lays under the scanning console, which has suddenly started malfunctioning. When Cisco asks when it'll be fixed, O'Brien snaps and tells him it's the third system that's gone down in as many minutes. Some <laughs> weird discharges reset the systems. Brushing it off, the captain whispers to Dax that he's glad he didn't ask about the replicators. <laughs> Odo marches Quark and Rom into the room, explaining that he thinks the two Ferengi might be the cause, which Quark vehemently denies. We reset time. Odo explains what they saw and how they got knocked back into the past eight hours by this exotic alien device. I almost read that as erotic. Yep, because it also can be that. Cisco asks O'Brien if the system failures could have led to the station's explosion, and O'Brien explains that while the reset hasn't affected core systems, if it spread to containment, it could result in some unforeseen issue. O'Brien and Mm. Dax take the device and begin analyzing it with ROM's help, as the two other time travelers enter Cisco's office. Quark immediately protests his innocence. His cousin Gala, yes, Odo, the one that owns the moon, paid back part of a loan... With Bot Unseen Salvage, Gala didn't even know the contents. Times must be tough, Quark, Odo smiles. <laughs> What's next, letting Morn pay his bar tab with buttons and sock lint? <laughs> you might just have enough for Garrick to make you one of those hideous waistcoats. <laughs> Damn, we were just talking about that shit. Fucking, he is dunking on him. Yo, fucking Odo. He's already dead, man. <laughs> but Odo believes Quark, mainly due to Rom confirming the story, and suggests that after the three of them recount any details they remember, they go, back amongst, they go among their normal routine. After an invasive series of scans from Bashir the three, that the three men complain about. That night, Quark is woken again, not by alarms, but Rom. Unable to sleep, Rom insists on staying with his brother. Uh, brother, are you asleep? <laughs> uh, brother? Uh, brother, wake up. Moogie. (laughs) Moogie. Quark tells him he's being ridiculous, but has their bags packed already and suggests they get down to the promenade, just in case they need to make a quick retreat. Nice. Just as they step foot onto the promenade, the alarm sounds. And Odo's already there, waiting for them. He tells them to watch for clues while they wait for the transport, and rushes to facilitate the evacuation. But minutes later, after Quark is barged, by the, uh, barged into by the Nausicaan again, there are a series of brownouts on the promenade and Odo is engulfed in flames. I'd be brownouting in my pants right yeah, now. No fucking doubt, dude. I don't want to feel <laughs> breaking my neck again. Yeah, that's worse. It's bad enough once, I don't want to do it again. The three arrive at the cargo bay once and more. Odo growls at the inconvenience. That's nice. one way to put it. That is a great line, though. They go up to Ops to explain the situation again, and Cisco says Rom should stay and learn everything he can about the device, just in case the time slip happens again, and he can give Dax and O'Brien a jump start on their analysis. He also orders Odo and Quark to watch the promenade for the rest of the day, to try to ascertain where the explosion originated from, and possibly who's responsible. After their scans with Bashir, which they again complain about. It's up their butt. Oh my god, the crystal broke and it shot up their beeholes. It's up their butt scans. <laughs> but after another tough day spent together, Odo and Quark are again unable to stop the explosion. Quark's Damn. last words to Odo are that the worst part of the whole situation is he keeps returning to his sour, disapproving expression in the cargo bay. That's great. After that happens, Odo drops off Rom and to Dax and O'Brien, who are shocked as Rom is able to recount their analysis, in their analysis to them with astounding... And pointless detail, including yeah. what Dax ate for lunch and when Keiko called O'Brien to remind him to pick up Molly, All which right, he'd this, forgotten. This is great. Rich, you know what you're doing. He's so good. Yep, he knows Rom. It's like he knows him. Quark and the constable, after the same scans from Julian in which they complain that Julian never finds anything, spend an entire day looking through Odo's criminal activity reports to see if there are any terrorists or explosive exports on board. And there is one. One Xenop Sin, the rude Nosican who pushed Quark over the balcony a bunch of times. With a cool name. Xenop. Sin. That's Ponex backwards. <laughs> Just so you know. Anytime Is that another Nosican name? Anytime a name ends with X, my brain immediately like flips it for some reason. That's weird. It's like, Jeff, Jeff ponex backwards just why? In case you to know. I wonder I wonder why maybe cuz like the end x is usually at the end right? yeah i think it's like a fucking here's here's an aside in this long ass podcast an aside in the middle of this episode that people will hate to hear mhm uh-huh, uh-huh. i've never played kingdom hearts but i have struggled for years to understand the story of kingdom hearts this every, is this is de- dangerous territory we're going in here every so often i will go through like uh, go down a rabbit hole trying to understand the story of Kingdom Hearts. And part of Kingdom Hearts is when you become, like, a Heartless or a Nobody or something, your name gets anagrammed and an X gets attached to it. Like, Zemnus uh, is the Nobody of Ansem. Oh my god. And I think I've been doing it for so fucking long trying to understand this game <laughs> series that I have zero interest in beyond how convoluted the story is. I have no comment one way or the other. Yeah, I don't I don't have any attachment to these games. I've never played them. No, I me mean neither. But something about it, something about an extremely convoluted story attracts me. I want to know it. Yeah, it's like uh, Elder Scrolls lore. It's just crazy. It's It's just complicated. I know the entire story of the Metal Gear series. Metal Gear. Even though it is unbelievably convoluted, and that attracts me to it because of that. I think that's a good thing. I just also happen to like playing Metal Gear games, so I played them all. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. We're stuck in a loop. It's just, just forever like, now. It's the rest of the episode. Just like everybody in this episode. So they found Z- pinox Uh-huh. Xenop Sin. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> pinox, and they learned nice. that he's the guy, and they rushed to find him, only to realize that Sin has passed out drunk at Quark's, and has been that way for almost the entire day. Quark is, uh, is suffering the same mysterious brownouts. Quark's is. Not he himself. The the bar. He's not pooping his pants. Got it. As the explosions rock the station once more, Quark finishes Sin's drink, explaining that he can't take this much longer. This is great. This time, due to their position, Quark is consumed by the fire first. Shit. When the three men arrive in the cargo bay again, Quark complains that he actually felt the pain of dying this time, and Odo (laughs) is surprised. He always feels it. They head to the Nausicaan early this cycle to confront him before he can get drunk. He reveals he was there to track down and kill the Sulaban, but that Odo took him into custody, making his mission a failure. The two men try to find out what it, why he wanted to kill the man and ask if he knew anything about the Crystalline Machine, but he's tight-lipped. Hmm. Frustrated with their lack of progress, Quark antagonizes the Nausicaan, demanding an apology for killing him in the first cycle. Despite Odo's explanation that that event was erased, Quark doesn't accept it, insisting that the thoughtlessness remains. (laughs) Nausicaan pulls a phaser on Quark, but Odo protects the Ferengi and is destroyed by the phaser blast. What? The three men reset. Rom is frustrated because he was just about to win a hand of Tongo with Dax while they waited for the results of a scan on the device. (laughs) And Quark is simply annoyed because of the inconvenience of resetting. So if one of them dies, they like, oh, go, they reset. Yeah, he didn't die after all. Only Odo did. Yeah, With yeah. that, Odo's suspicions are raised, and he secures a phaser from the weapons locker, then instantly <laughs> shoots, shoots Quark dead. That's incredible. Rom is panicked and refuses to stop screaming. You know, in the way that Rom <gasps> Yeah. so Odo shoots him too that's amazing hmm Odo mutters he takes a quick walk around the promenade where the brownouts are even worse now before turning the phaser on himself when he dies we reset again the three men it's rush Odo. to Julian early this time I'm just picturing Odo doing it completely dispassionately like he just yep. looks at the phaser and then shoots Quark yep he doesn't even sm- Maybe he does a little smile a- uh, afterward, you know, because he always wanted to, like, right? You after he, he shoots Rom for screaming, he probably goes, huh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> The three men rush to Julian early this time and get to the doctor to check Odo specifically. Julian finds a slight chronal variance of 0.8% in Odo's cellular matrix. He explains that if they should reset again, they should come straight to sickbay to see if the effect is cumulative, Odo Mm. shoots himself and does just that, but the variance is tiny. On the next cycle, Quark pulls a phaser from his pocket, explaining that they have no time for half measures, and shoots Odo for 20 consecutive cycles. (laughs) Each, Each cycle taking more glee from his actions and with a bigger flourish. Oh, man. I can see him just, like, doing, like, different poses while he's shooting them. so him. great. Yeah, yeah. Odo complains that Quark took far too much joy in shooting him, to which Quark replies that he's completed business deals that haven't felt so amazing. <laughs> God, you know these characters in this show yeah. so well, Rich. Yeah, this is great. When they return to Julian this time, he records a massive chronal variance in Odo, something he isn't detecting in Quark or ROM. The effect is such that Odo is emitting frequencies that are interfering with Bashir's medical equipment and resetting the systems. Odo and the two Ferengi head to Ops, where he explains to the Chief and Dax what's happening. With a few scans, O'Brien is able to determine that Odo is the cause of the system errors somehow. And it's cumulative the longer he keeps cycling, explaining the brownouts wherever he goes. Dax O'Brien would send him away from the station, but they can't guarantee the station's destruction is definitely to do with Odo, and he's the only one who can investigate. Given the loop, the station blows up once more. I'm picturing it exploding like C-Lab explodes. Yeah, with the fake-ass <laughs> fire, just so <a> goofy-ass <laughs> fucking yeah. Like Whenever- it continue when we use the same fire explosion for everything. <laughs> When they return to the cargo bay, Quark storms off to the promenade, sitting in the same place Jake and Nog do, legs hanging over the walkway. Odo catches up to him, but can't convince him to help him. Quark says to just let him have the day off this time. Odo sighs and agrees, and they head for Quark's. Odo's presence is making the replicators and lights flicker on and off, so Quark simply pulls a bottle from behind the bar and drinks from that. Nice. (laughs) The two bicker back and forth all day about their current predicament. Quark complaining that he thought Odo was a better detective than this. He says that he will end up being the one case he hasn't solved, and Odo retorts that the assumption is incorrect. There are plenty of cases that are open. (laughs) Quark says that Odo's getting grouchy and that he should take some time and regenerate, leading Odo to admit that he hasn't needed to regenerate at all in this cycling situation. He realizes something. The Suluban... Odo mutters yeah, as the duh. station goes up in flames once again. Nice. Also, I'm picturing them arguing all day. It's like it keeps like cutting from one scene to another of them in different places in the bar arguing, just arguing. with each other. And Quark's getting more and more drunk. Yeah, Quark's like, and another thing, and then it just yeah. cuts to the blows up. Um Quark and Odo visit the Nos after sending Rom back to Ops for the fiftieth cycle. They still haven't cracked the device, but Rom feels they're close. The Nosakan still refuses to talk about why he's chasing the Sulaban, as he hasn't spilt, spilt blood on his revenge mission as their custom. Quark gets impatient with the alien once more and calls him an inconsiderate oaf. Does it have to be Sulaban blood? Asks Odo, lying to the Nosakan and telling them <sighs> that Quark has been working with his quarry. <laughs> The Nausican responds by shooting Quark dead. (laughs) Then instructs Odo to sit. Odo rushes to ops to tell Sisko, O'Brien, and Rom that he knows what causes the station's destruction and that they should cut all power to the internal sensors. Before the chief can do it, Rom asks where Quark is. Odo thinks for a second, wondering whether he can just leave Quark dead. And then he sighs. Of course he can't. Odo kills himself and resets at the cargo bay, dude. I'm what? imagining him. He stops and he thinks and he goes, "I can't do it." Yeah, he's he pulls like, the nah, phaser right. out and points it at his head, and everybody in Ops goes, "What, what the he fuck?" Shoots. Yeah, <laughs> this is such a good episode. This is I'm just great. Picturing it in my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's like it's made already. It's it's really good. Quark is annoyed by Odo's nonchalance in using him, but Odo brushes that off and reverts back to his liquid state. When he does, tiny devices fall out of them. He tells the chief to turn off the sensor grid and come down to dispose of the devices. Odo walks into the cell block where the Sulaban thief is still in prison. He tells the criminal that the Nausicaan told him... the The Nausicaa had told him two had been responsible for a theft at the temporal division of the Vulcan Science Academy. Oh, no. And that he found the temporal devices that the Sulaban had run off with and then hidden inside him. The thief had already hooked one of the vo- devices up to DS9's sensor grid in order to create a blind spot for future theft. But having all the devices activated at once had a- caused a cascade reaction in the station's systems, causing the explosion. What? An extraordinary story, but where's your proof, sneers the Suleban. Odo admits he was forced to destroy the devices to save the station, and now, without evidence, he has to let the Suleban go. Mm. The thief's joy is short-lived when Odo tells him that the Nausicaan now knows he has failed and is out to kill him. Nice. Standing aside to let the now-nervous sulaban free. Odo walks into Quarks, where the two Ferengi are still trying to figure out what the crystalline device is. Odo approaches, telling him that whatever it is, it clearly had nothing to do with the time cycling. That's amazing. Quark waves him away, saying that they're over that now, and they're still trying to find out what the trinket is. That it must be something amazing if even Starfleet couldn't figure out what it is. Just then, Kira, who's just returned from Bajor, comes in and marvels over the thing, asking Quark where he got it. You know what it is? He asks greedily. Pressing a few crystals on the side, Kira turns the device on, and it starts playing a childish tune while emitting a light show. It's, it's a-, a Bajoran lullaby nightlight, <laughs> says Kira. I haven't seen one of these in about 20 years. As Odo belly laughs his way out of quarks, the barkeeper grabs the device and smashes it on the ground in a no! salty fear. The end. Holy shit uh, this might be my favorite thing i yes. ever he- seen written yeah. by you man It is so fucking good. I think that is hands down my f- my favorite rich story. It's probably now that like this isn't this is not a surprise, but that that's definitely the best like script I've ever read that's not real. <laughs> Like, yes, absolutely. Like, not not that's not real but like that's not from an actually produced sh- like that was incredible that was incredible that should have been made that should have been an yes. episode that got made yes and it's focused on one of my absolute favorite parts of deep space 9 which is the quark and odo relationship yeah, yeah. and having rom along for the ride for part of it is always a plus i yeah. always love rom being involved oh man that was so good I was fucking, I I know we like suck your dick right off on this show, but like, man, you deserve it. You deserve all the sucking the dick. I wish this show was a video show so we could actually show people us sucking his dick off. (laughs) It's, uh, the stuff you send us is too good for our show. That's just Yeah, we're not worthy of it. No, we're not, we're not worthy of it. (laughs) Thank you so much. He finishes up the email by saying, ah, that feels good. I can't stop typing now that my fingers are bloody stumps. Anywho, boys, love and kisses and all that junk, signed Captain Rich, Ooh. chief shoulder pad installer on the Romulan Warbird, whiter than a New York 80s businesswoman. Whoa, yeah, super hot. <laughs> it's a good look. It is. Fucking Rich, how could you make such an amazing episode? I need a how? cigarette after that. How fucking could you? Don't smoke. Yeah, don't smoke, kids. <laughs> it's bad for you oh man yeah. with that, thank you Rich Masters so much for that incredible new masters piece masters piece I love it, thank you so much uh, thank you everybody who wrote in if we didn't get to read your email, I'm sorry about that it, it, uh, it's extremely unfair that we read Rich Masters extremely long emails but not yours, but fuck that's the way the world works baby, I'm not <laughs> It's uh, some of the emails had to be cut for time or edited for time. Hopefully uh, that's uh, cool with you guys. Otherwise, I don't know if I can tell you. That's a good thing, though. I'm trying to like <laughs> I'm gonna gaslight everybody. It's a good thing because uh, we have a lot of emails, which is really good. Yeah, it means that like people really love our show, and like the more emails you send in, the more of a chance you have of getting on the show. It's like yeah. we're real email in program yeah. now where we're we like have like, to pick and choose we're to like get legitimate. we made it looks like we made it which, which is how the show was to begin with but I fell off at some point because we became unfunny but I guess we're funny again so fuck yeah yes we did it <laughs> we did it <laughs> we got one uh, I love Janine I do too I found my like, Janine figure I never understood why, like, Janine was, like, supposed to be off-putting. I always thought she was super hot. Nah, she's great. Especially when she gets that wild-ass, like, mod haircut and style in the second one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody who wrote in. We appreciate it, whether it made on the show or not. And we love each of you equally, even if Reg does get a half hour of the program to himself. (laughs) Uh... Uh, he's, been, he's been on the show, everybody. He's been on the show now. That's the excuse. That's why, yes. <laughs> Thank you, uh, especially to our patrons who make this program possible. Most of the people who write in are patrons, and if we didn't get the money from Patreon, we wouldn't be able to do two podcasts. That would be out of the fucking yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. And so we do, like, four, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, if you want access to the other two Uh, Maybe three? I guess a commentary track is not a podcast. If you want access to two more podcast commentary tracks, full quality HD wallpapers of all the art that's ever going to come out for Class Podcast, you should head over to patreon.com slash Podcast and become a patron today. At whatever level is good for you. It's only a dollar. Or more. Or more. Whatever you want. Whatever more you helps want more, but dollars still helps. So thank you so be much it. to all of our patrons. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Josh. Thank you to Rich Thank Masters. you, Jeff. Thank you, Rich. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with more we'll be back in one week with more M class goodness. I moved it up just for you guys, because I love you guys so much. Do you have a time crystal? Yeah, I'm using my time my Bajoran lullaby machine to move Oh no, there's there. fire all over the place